0: thechairshot.com always use your head
1: hello everybody we are live and we have just finished watching UFC fight night zombie versus aggie let's hit that intro Hello, everybody. I am Mags, and with me, as always, my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? I'm
0: not too bad, myself.
1: Yeah, tired, uh, but uh, ready to break down uh, the action here uh, for five rounds on UFC Fat Night Young, and Young versus Age. Uh, quickly, let's run through these our prelims. Uh, so, we started with Katie O'Neill uh, choking out uh, Laura Procopio in the Wins Flower Division. Then we got uh, our first knockout of the night with Rick Glenn, uh, the 37 second knockout of Joaquin Silva. Uh, then we got a decision in every so with Josh Parisian against Rocket Martinez, Josh picking up the the victory, uh, and then Kaelin Williams getting the decision in the welterweight division against Matthew Uh uh, Verna Yanderova got the second round doctor stoppage uh, on Kanako Morata uh, after she broke uh, Kanako's arm in a in a, an armbar, and then we finished the prelims with uh, Nicola Nega Neger Moreno. I'll now struggle with that name. Uh, picking up a a very dubious decision against Alexa Camo and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, grabbing in that uh, that major referee Mark Beltran told both fighters at least four or five times about grabbing the fence. Um, But let's get into this main card, and we started with uh, Matt Brown taking on Diego Lima, and it started a a good little run of uh, of, of people trying to one-up each other in knockouts. So uh, I thought that uh, Lima started the brighter, Uh, Very evasive, uh, very in and out, but was landing those uh, those calf kicks. And you could see as the the round went on, uh, Matt Brown's leg got redder and redder and and his calf got more and more swollen. Um, He was landing a lot of his own kicks as well, though, to be fair. Uh, It's just that uh, Lima did a lot better in kind of uh, um, checking them and and making sure that uh, they didn't um, have as much sting on them as, as the ones that Lima threw. Um, but coming into that second round, and it was, uh, I think, Matt Brown had just had enough, and he thought, I'm not putting up with this uh, leg-kicking bullshit anymore. it uh, for a, about uh, a minute or so, uh, and then lands a one-punch, essentially, walk-away knockout. Uh, what a great comeback after being totally dominated in that first round, and... Uh, and then kind of like, still taking a lot of the same grief in the in the in the beginning of the second, but uh, landing that 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 clean uh run down the middle uh, and Lima was good now. Nah. Carlos, what did you think of this fight?
0: I thought it was a good fight. As soon as uh, weirdly enough, we we'll were for watching it with this time. She usually doesn't really watch it that much, but I'll explain it to him, obviously, Lima, he comes from a fighting family. We mm-hmm. know his brother is uh, one of Bellator's uh, his, champions. His
1: brother, brother just lost uh, last weekend, I think, uh, Douglas Lima.
0: thought he's just lost? Yeah, I believe right, so. Right, so I'll repeat that. He's not Bellator champion anymore. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, they're both uh, fighting brothers. and Lima coming against Matt Brown. Matt Brown, for someone who's 40 years of age, a lot of common people or... A lot of new fans might think, "Oh, look at him! Gray head he's forty-year-old. He's, he's done it, him. He's going to get walked through." But M- uh, Matt Brown is one of them fathers. He was just always scary. Not only is he, a, is he a brilliant coach now, he's still a brilliant father at the age of uh, at the young age of forty. And he's making it look. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the like the commentators stated out, and it, you clearly you have to be blind not to not to be able to to notice. Matt Brown's sort of style with it being sort of a Muay Thai lead leg heavy style, and you'll always see a Muay Thai style being heavy on the leg, but they somewhat can bounce on it and bring it up and down. But in mixed martial arts, obviously, you can't just keep bouncing your your front leg, and obviously, you're going to get tucked down. And that's why sometimes different fighting styles don't mix into mixed martial arts fully, like Mm -hmm. we can see in that one, Muay Thai. The front leg is there to get kicked all day, and it's what you're putting a lot of the pressure on it, so a lot of pressure on your leg equal a lot of impact. It's only going to go one way, and that round wasn't checking him a lot. Again, In when you're a lot of a lead leg heavy weight in my time, you're bringing it up all the time, and then you're checking it. Odds are they're going to start throwing a leg kick to open up the head as soon as they throw a leg kick, and you're going to be like, oh, check once coming over the top, and before you know it again, you fucked. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah Matt, Matt, Brown, <laughs> Matt Brown did it uh, Did it perfectly, where we were able to check him when he needed to, turn it into a dog fart, cause, let's face it, that's what he, he needed to do, it as Lee were uh, a little bit too clean to, to not make it a dog fart. I seen straight away, obviously, when Lever was throwing the kicks, he was more throwing the kick from his foot rather than actually getting it with the actual shin of his leg. Mm -hmm. And but obviously the way he was kicking it was trying to get behind the knee. So that was when you're getting imagine this now being obviously your femur patella. He's trying to get around this part here, to try and mess up the muscles, the ligaments and all that stuff around the knee, so it, it somewhat shuts the top part and the bottom part of the leg down. You have to do that with the foot. It's just the curvature on your foot, you can get all the way around on it and, and sometimes get that sciatic nerve What's going down the back of, your, going back of, your, down the, back of the knee. Yeah, that, um, like we
1: saw recently with the drop foot.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he was do, doing that, but then obviously when he does come to checking that, a shin is a lot harder than your feet. So when Matt Brown checked the kick and Lima felt it, you could see him put his breath on. It's like, oh shit, I, I, I knew it, I could see it hurt him. I've, I've done the exact same when I was in sparring. You, you can't, in, in sparring, you can show it a little bit more because obviously sparring it's not far, but mm. you're still like, shit don't want to show like because you're still going to get used to trying to block the pain out and Try and put on that wall face and fucking hurt. Me. But yeah, I've he, done he, I, I it myself. But congratulations to to Matt Brown, forty years of age he's still being able to pull off a. Yeah. I'm not surprised that he pulled it off. Let's like, I know it might sound like, oh, he's a dick. He's not surprised. It's Matt Brown. He, he can do stuff like that. But at the age of forty years is more
1: impressive than anything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, after that, we went into the uh, welterweight division. or middleweight division. Sorry, uh, Bruno Silva making his UFC debut. Um, the the guy has been a journeyman in, in MMA. Uh, this was, I think, his twenty sixth fight altogether and he was taking on Wellington Turman. Um, and to be fair to Wellington, he started I thought he started off really brightly. Uh, the uh, the the commentary uh, were were really bigging up uh, Bruno Silva. Um, he was the favourite going into the fight. Um, they had a, a a submission bout a few years ago, which uh, Bruno Silva handily won. And uh, for for somebody who suffered. Uh, submission lost to uh, Bruno Silva. Wellington took it to to Silva in terms of submitting. He had him up against the fence quite a lot. He was uh, uh, very aggressive with trying to get the bat. A couple of times he uh, he backpacked, um, and, and luckily for for Bruno Silva, he was able to shake uh, uh, turn off both times. But there was uh, plenty of uh, positive work coming from uh, Wellington. And and it looked like Wellington maybe had, had uh Silver's number. Uh but the the second time that uh Wellington went for uh the backpack and he was uh, thrown to the floor, uh Silver was able to get a uh, dominant position. Um Terman tried to try for an arm bar, which just wasn't there, and it left uh, it left him wide open to, to take those ground and pound shots. Uh, and terman um was basically punched clean out uh landed uh, uh silver landed uh with uh, with the rat right, a couple of lefts and uh we get our second knockout of the of the main card and this one comes a lot quicker than the first one uh with about 15 seconds of the fir- uh, the first round to go um bruno silver gets a debut victory. as uh, so as you were speaking then i'm
0: looking at this fight and thinking to myself like what the fuck happened in this fight? Like, I mean, it's one of the one of the fights I like we always say, it, like the numbered pay number per views for some might be a bit boring, but these smaller ones can be exciting, And that's the, tonight's card was a little bit excited for me. I really enjoyed watching it, mm-hmm. so I sort of forgot this. But yeah, Bruno Silva is the guy who's making his debut, wasn't it? Yeah. And what a perfect way to make your debut! Like, you've got a guy like and who's. Uh, an absolute animal who comes looking for a fart and who will bring the fart here. He was trying to do that as in, in, in best as he could, especially like you say when he were backpacking, trying to get on the back and just stay there. And, and unfortunately, not everyone's uh, not everyone's Damien Meyer, so they can't just sort of hang about like that. And yeah, so you got to give it to him. we was trying his best, but we knew the better man would tonight. And it were Bruno Silva mm-hmm. he was able to come into the octagon deal with the adversity, turn it around and get a, a knockout victory and like this being said he's he's fresh blood so if he carries on doing that in the middle eight division he'll probably be on the road to a title shot quicker than normal Let, let's let's put it this way Israel has only had 11 fights in the UFC six of them fights have only, I think they've been like what non-title bouts or title bouts or something, mm-hmm. so I think he made his debut two or three years prior to actually getting a shot at the belt, so it, anything's possible in the UFC, especially in that in in that weight category, and um, Silva, he fought, when, as soon as he got to the ground, he fought, and the one thing that Alan always told me is, when you're on the ground, you're either looking to for the submission with a uh, position, or you're looking for the finish, with a mm-hmm. grounding pound, you never get to the ground and just stay there or just lie there. The only times you, you lie there is when you're doing it for a quick 10, 15 seconds just to get your breath back before... Before exploding. Yeah, before yeah. exploding and going to that next position or or trying for that submission. You never... Yeah, everything has to be fast, everything has to be quick. As soon as you're slow on the ground, that's when your opponent's got time to think. Now, obviously, Turner was going for an armbar, he left his he, he left himself open and silver was able just to put himself a little bit to the right just on the outside of turman's hips that opened up the amethyst that opened opened up the, the somewhat cross to the the bottom and yeah perfect victory and what a debut yeah. carry on doing the doing what you're doing absolutely
1: uh, going into the third uh, fight of six on this main card, and we get our third knockout in a row, and this one uh, top jumps the, the last two because it's the quickest knockout on the main card. Uh, Julian Arosa taking on Seong Wu Choi. Erosa uh, started uh, quite bright, landing uh, uh, kicks to the calf. Uh, Choi lands uh, a couple of shots down the middle. Um both both fighters seem to be kind of like almost trying to test the rangers. Um, but then uh Erosa throws a, a a head kick, um which which gives uh Troy the opportunity to land a big left that drops Erosa. Um Troy lands on him, um just Perry's in with punches and and Mark Smith comes in uh, after giving a Rosa plenty of time. I thought a little bit, maybe a bit too much time, uh, but he jumps in and, and stops the fight. And Choi uh, with a, a very quick one and a half minute victory.
0: Yeah, very quick. Uh, now, I'm going to might sound like a dickhead, but some people might look at that fight and go, oh, well, that performance, it is as a title shot. Not necessarily. It might have been a quick finish. It might have been a good performance. But if you look at Choi as a fighter in the UFC, he's been one of these fighters who you, you, you don't know whether to bet on him winning or losing. Because if you, when he came to the UFC, he was 2-0. He was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. O-1-2, sorry. O-1-2. Mm-hmm. He, he lost his first two fighters. And then now he... His last two farts, he won them. So it was two and two. This fight was sort of... making three and two, yeah. Yeah, was sort of making it even was to where it is. So again, he's one of those fighters who you can never really count on whether he's going to show up to the office having a good day or having a bad day. Today, he had a very good day. He was able to... He, he, he looked quicker. He looked sharper. He looked cleaner. He just looked better. All round now, obviously, we didn't get to see a lot of grappling or, or clinch work or anything. But with the way it looked, he was a more confident fighter, and he, he just looked like if he got into any of their positions, he would probably be a, he probably could handle them. Um, so yeah, what, what there's not really a lot to say on this part because it, it, it ended so quick, and you can't really give his opposition a lot to do because he got his ass whooped, he got his ass handed to him. It's not like he. Yeah, we can say like one of the last farts where he got the fart brung to him and he didn't really bring the fart to him he couldn't really he couldn't really it. Uh, Sun Choi he Choi would just he were able to do whatever he wanted in that fart. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah a, a good win for him and I'd like to I'd like to see him move on to just a little bit more of he made that fart look easier I want to see him fight someone who's he was just a little bit better. Yeah. So, I mean, so you can obviously, not not obviously, not to jump up the ladder, but climb up
1: there. Yeah, both these guys are nowhere near the top 15 no. at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I do get your point. Uh, whilst probably Erosa is um, a better fight for, for Troy than he's had, I mean, this is a guy who, who got decisions against Yusuf Zalal and, and um, uh, um maybe someone closer to the top fifteen if if not the top twenty. Uh but still a quick a quick nine second victory is still very impressive. Although I think the talk of him being given a tart shot is is very, very early considering what we got in the main event. Uh, but we'll oh, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, get yeah. to that. Um so next we uh, we went down to the Bantamweight division. Uh Davy Grant taking on Marlon Vera. Um this is a rematch from one of Marlon Vera's uh very early fights in the UFC. Um uh, one where he just wasn't able to uh to he get the victory. 16. Yeah, he wasn't able to get the victory over of, uh, of uh, uh Davy Grant, but he was able to uh to get that win back uh and he did it in style. I think he he started the first the first round, I, I thought uh, Grant started the better; he, he looked the more confident, uh, was landing uh, quick kicks, um, was uh, throwing even threw a, a spinning kick at one time. Um, Vera was was he looked fairly comfortable in the in in the pocket doing that like, dirty boxing, but uh, I think that uh, Grant was was quickly setting the pace, um, but um, he did take a bit of damage to the eye. I think you could see that uh, some of that uh, scar tissue opened up fairly early for for Grant um into the second round uh we we started again with with uh, more calf kicks uh and this time it was Vera who was, was really lighting uh Davy Grant up uh landing shots in the clinch landing the, the, those kicks uh Vera like, was I think he, he kind of turned the pace up a little bit more. Uh, and then he, when he started throwing those elbows, and then we uh, we see another cut open up on on David Grant uh just underneath the airline he, he, it looked like he'd he'd been murdered, the amount of blood that was coming out of him. Um we we end up going to the ground. Um we see an attempt at an almond plata. Um Grant was was able to to keep uh, top control. Um and then going into um the third um it was it was Marlon Vera who, who wanted to really kind of uh take this fight to to grant landing bigger shots so uh went for the the arm triangle pretty early on um and essentially it, it was it was Vera kind of like suffocating and and pushing up on on granton and, and and just uh dominating him in this third round to really kind of a uh, put it out of the judges' mind. I think in fact in this third round you could have said you could probably say it was a 10-8 round. Uh Vera was that dominant on the ground um being able to kind of have his way with with uh David Grant. Um so yeah Malvera gets that victory back um and it's a really kind of like dominant decisive victory for him.
0: It definitely is now obviously David Grant England born and proud he brung the fight. He were a dog in that fight. Don't matter how much punishment you give him, he, he walking forward. He's one of them guys you have to you have to take the oxygen away from him for him to for him to go out. You have to physically throw his brain from out of his skull for him to <laughs> stop walking you down. But he didn't do enough to win tonight, and, my, uh, and Vera was able to uh, pick up the decision victory, which is to me. I'm, I'm happy for him. Obviously, when they first thought he were young. It went to decision. He lost the decision. They've both matured. They've both got better. Marvin, uh, Marvin Vera, was it? It was just a little bit better on the ground. That's why he was was able to sort of control the position. Now, obviously, breaking it down from round to round, like that you've already done, you can you can see where. Grant was was taking the first and then it was slowly, as the fart was going, you can see where Vera was somewhat coming to to take over the pace of it. Now, Vera, again, he's one of these farters that of traded wins and losses in the UFC. I think in the last four or five years, 2019, it was probably his best year where he didn't lose a fart. I think he had got four farts that year and he won all of them. Yeah. Whereas, other than that, it's even been like two wins, one loss, or two losses, one wins, or win loss, win loss. Yeah, it's,
1: it can't. It's never been really like consistent. Well, in yeah, in two thousand seventeen, he had a fairly decent run, uh, but over this last uh, eighteen month or so, he's lost to uh, Song Yedong, then he beat O'Malley, then he lost to Aldo, and now he's beat uh, David Grant. So he's very much trading those wins and losses.
0: Yeah, and even though as much as uh, I love Vera uh, and he obviously he does, he does a perfect job for the UFC He comes he's a perfect fighter he, he loves to fight he also works his commentary for them for the espanol. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's gonna be one of them fighters that the UFC are going to look at and have a little bit of a, have a little bit of room for him in that sort of like sweetheart bit of the UFC Well, he, he
1: called out Dominic Cruz so I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get that far
0: I don't know that's a far I don't I, again i go on to that in a second but obviously with, with, him, with him being working for the UFC it's going to obviously give him a little bit more leeway with the UFC but he needs for him to move forward for my personal opinion for him to move forward and actually be get took seriously by the by his competitors by the champion not just by the UFC and the fans, because it's easy to get them to to sort of back you. You can speak a lot of shit, and Dana White's got an eye on for you. You, you can you can call someone a dickhead and make someone laugh, and you, you've got 200 fans shouting your name. It's 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 the champions. It's the other fighters who who put an actual name on your name and actually I'm not of a competitor, but fuck me, I respect because it's a good fighter. And Marvin's got that, but he just hasn't got that consistency to. Have that champion's mindset of trying to keep it winning and moving on up in the ladder. It's, again, it's always win-loss, win-loss. And then sort of his mind slips away from getting that goal. And I think that a lot of the fighters sort of get into that habit of win-loss, win-loss. Well, I'll forget why I got into the fight game. And the next thing before you know it, you took a lot of punishment. And it's like, hang on a minute, I'm nowhere near close to that title. <laughs> but yeah. A perfect win for him. He was able to overcome it again, overcome adversity, which is not surprising for someone like a veteran for how many fights he had in the UFC. But I'd like to see him move forward. And for him calling out Dominic Cruz, like Dominic Cruz put it into play, everyone wants to move up a ladder. Dominic Cruz is an ex-champion, ex-double champion. It's obviously the same weight class. But he's looking at getting... Back to that spot, so he's he's not going to want to fight someone who's ranked twelve or whatever. He's going to want to fight someone who's ranked
1: four or rank or rank three. Because again, yeah, I mean, I, I I understand that, but um, you you look at the the top of the the, the ranking you've got that the likes of Edgar, uh, Rob Font, uh, Corey Sandagen, uh Obviously, you've got Yann and, and Sterling rounding it out, but. Would you say Marlon Vera's ready for those kind of guys?
0: <sighs> no, but then I also don't say that he's somewhat ready for a guy like... Because a lot of people might look at Dominic Cruz and think he's he's washed up and he's done that, but he's far from done. He's still he's still uh, a, a, a definitely uh, a world-class fighter in that octagon. And the way, obviously, Marvin fought in that, yeah... He can hit hard and he can swing, but Dominic Cruz has got a weird sort of movement, and his head movement is just there. I don't think Mar uh, the in the way he is now, I don't think he can he can sort of keep up with with Cruz's pace. I I could be wrong. I could eat my words, but I get, I just don't think Dominic his team and, and accept that far when. That when they want to move forward as well as him, obviously it's a shit thing that that happens. But it happens all the time in the UFC with every single weight class. You, you always get the top fives who don't want to fight people behind them. You always want to fight forward, and you can't blame them. Obviously, the, the, I'll give I give part of shit for doing it, but then you've also got to think of their sense of if I lose to rank nine and I'm rank four, I'm gonna lose my fucking spot. Yeah. And then again, I'm not close to having that title, so. You, you've got to also think that way. If you're serious about having going on that title run, you, you do what the main event just did. You fart smart. Just because your you name's the Korean zombie doesn't mean you're going to live up to that art every single time. You've got to, you've got to think about your career. Mm-hmm. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT.
1: We'll get to the Korean Zombie in a minute, uh, but we'll get. Uh, let's get into this core main event um, in the headweight division. Alexei Olenek and Sergey Spivak. Um, and for me, this is frustrating because Alexei Olenek is the kind of fighter who I should love because he never. Gives up. He's 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 got a massive heart. He's just he's almost like a zombie in the fact that he always goes forward and he's he's always looking to to hurt his opponent. But I just don't enjoy watching him because I think he's took so much punishment over his over his career that he gets punch drunk really really quickly. And we saw that in in this fight. Um, I, well. It, well, within the first round, um, um, we saw that um, he, he almost gets... Like, he's dazed for the rest of the fight and he's just fighting off, uh, off uh, instinct rather than uh, rather than being um, a, a clever, smart fighter. Um, both guys were, were looking to finish this fight. Both guys were throwing big-ass punches um, but for for me i thought that spivak fought the most sensible he, he uh he tried to stay out of danger when he could whereas all it was just he he just reminds me of, of um of, of a, a zombie basically just going forward and and you just can't can't stop him and his, his shots were very very wild um and pretty easy for spivak to kind of like uh avoid uh, and then rat was able to uh, to uh, land his shots with ease. Uh, we we do see a point in the, in the in the first round where um, Olenek gets gets it to the ground, uh, and we see that um, he, he essentially just drags speedrack on top of him into mount. Uh, going into the into the second, a lot of the same thing, except this was more Olenek trying to kick the legs, and Speedrat just. Just peppering him away with uh, with the straights. Um, again, we get some a little bit of clinching, um, and we get Olenek who was able to keep all him and drag uh, his upon to the ground. Uh, it just it was just a. I feel for uh, for Olenek because there was a point where he was so close to getting a title shot uh, in in the lightweight division, light heavyweight division before he did his his move up, um, and I think it's just a ridiculous um don't i just don't like the way fats at all uh speedbag in the in the third uh was was able to just keep the pace that he was kept he kept in in the first two uh was uh landing landing good shots uh and then he he um he gets a, a, a the cut on on Olenek, who starts uh, bleeding again, just doesn't stop going forward. Uh, but for me, Speedback uh, uh, well deserved the victory. I think uh, a couple of all, all three judges gave it 29, 28, uh, which is fair, I suppose. You, you could say that, that Olenek maybe won that second round because of the, the control that he had on the ground. Uh, but for me, Speedback uh, deserved the victory. Yeah,
0: definitely. Olenek. I respect him, he's one of them old school ones. You just have to look at his record. The guy's nearly had 80 professional mixed martial arts farts. That's like a boxing record or a kickboxing record. And for mixed martial arts, you're going up, what, in modern day, 20, 30 farts and push before they call it. He's had
1: 75 MMA farts.
0: And there's a professional, so that's not counting in, that won't be, definitely won't be counting in his amateur or past experience before amateur. So, again, obviously he's got his own little quirks, like, like you already said about, like he's, he's punch drunk sometimes, he's, he's striking's a bit out. But then we're, we're somewhat also a grappler. He's, you know, his game plan is exactly like Khabib, exactly like DC. They want to take you down. They want to maul you. They want to finish you. Mm-hmm. And that's his. That's been his game plan from his very first fight to coming into this fight. It's not been any secret. If you're a fan of his, or even if you're an opponent of his, you you know what his game plan is. It's not like he has to hide it and be like, oh, watch what I'm gonna do. You know exactly what he's gonna do. He's gonna he's gonna try and punch his way in until he can close the clinch down. As soon as he closes the clinch down and grabs you, he's going to try and get that anaerobic like grip that he's got, and he's going to try and drag you down to the mat. And as soon as he drags you down to the mat, he's constantly going to work for that arm triangle, and he's he knows exactly what he's doing. Like you see it in the in the, the first round in the second round when he was able to somewhat get from the back control to full mount to arm triangle, and it's like you you knew what you were going to do, but you you can't stop it. And for someone who's such a big guy, going from light heavyweight up to heavyweight, he's going to be walking around at a heavyweight. Now, obviously, grappling is going to be a lot strenuous on the cardiovascular system than striking is going to be. So that's why we can see Olenek in the later rounds getting sort of gassed out, because he's, in a way, he's doing it to himself. Because, Mm -hmm. again wrestling and sambo and all your grappling, you're controlling that person constantly, at least when you're on your feet and you can throw a quick jab, just fit. At least you can take a step back and breathe, and then before you you, you re-emerge to, to sort of counter back or attack back. And, yeah, Olinick's style is, is always a very high output of cardiovascular system. But then he also needs to do that in the very first at the very start of the round, mm-hmm. he used to do that in, in in round one. Because if you get him past round one, you generally got a good chance at beating him. Because again, his strike is not up there. It's his grappling that is is phenomenal. But then obviously his um his opponent, oh, I forgot his name because it's fucking speed Spivak. speed back, speed When you're looking at speed back, he's had six finishes, knockouts, six finishers, submissions. Mm-hmm. So he's well-rounded, he's a well-rounded fighter, but then you've got to look at him and go, oh, well, he's fighting Olnik. Is he gonna go down to the ground? And he wasn't he was alright on the ground, he wasn't he was comfortable, yeah. Fair enough. He you could tell that he didn't want to be there permanently, and when he wanted, to and he could try to, we was getting back up to his feet, and he was he was trying his best and he even had a, his own submission attempts with a, a, a little guillotine and stuff like that, but he was never going to, you're never going to choke Olenek out. And that was a perfect way of somewhat beating him by decision. Because again, I've, there's numerous times where I've seen him take shot after shot just to close that clinch down. And like you said, he's, he's cracking on a bit. He's had a lot of farts and he does take a lot of punishment just to try and close the clinch work down, at least DC, when he had it, he's he's grabbing your hands in that lot to try and get in with being the smaller person, and you think Olenek with having somewhat of a a good reach, being six foot one or six foot two, whatever he is, you think he's he's sort of boxing and level changing and somewhat going into the clinch it would be a little bit different, but he doesn't seem to mind taking a smack out mouth to sort of get in, and yeah, when you're at his age and when you've had that
1: many farts, I don't think it's good for you. But then again, I don't think he's bothered. <laughs> Probably not. Um, then we got our main event: um, Dan Age uh, on his on his his last win uh, called out Korean Zombie, and the the Zombie answered the call. Uh, zombie making um a, making a. a, a what you could probably say is a, a last run a title uh, uh, in in this division. Uh, being thirty-five is is it's a hard hard division to to be active in. It's full of young, hungry fighters. And uh, Kareem Zombe, wow, uh, he he took Dan Aggie to school in this in this fight. And I've been really really impressed with Dan Aggie in in the last two years or so. Uh, he's took on all comers uh just been absolutely dominant really kind of um just able to demolish bigger fighters because he's, he's not he's not the biggest uh he's not the biggest uh, featherweight in in the books by a, a long stretch of the imagination but he's been able to to beat really bigger guys like barbosa and, and gavin tucker uh and he he was he was more than up for the challenge of, uh, of of Zombie, but unfortunately, the class of Zombie in in pretty much every aspect of MMA uh, really shone through today. Um, it's it's hard to really break down all five rounds because this was uh, as probably as dominant uh, a fight as you're going to see um, that isn't a finish. Um, zombie was was better on 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 the feet. Quicker with the shots, um, his, his, uh, his, his jab was was absolutely on point, and this is against a fighter who is renowned for those quick kind of almost Diego Sanchez like bursts of uh, three, four, five punches at a, a, a time. And uh, Zombie was able to to kind of nullify that and make sure that Iga was not able to to land uh, too many big shots. Uh, and then when when um, zombie wanted to go to the ground nine times out of ten he got that takedown that he wanted uh, and he was able to really control uh he get on the ground in fact for the in the third round i think it was he pretty much took him down at the start of the round and kept him there for the full round uh attacking the neck uh attacking the back uh keeping the 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 body triangle on um I've got to give props to, to Iggy. He Never let his head go down, uh, especially when he's in, going into the fourth. And his coaches were saying, "You've got ten minutes to to do this." I believe in you, and he he still kept going. And uh, I've I've got to give him them those props. He he, he didn't he didn't give up. Uh, but unfortunately, he just he had no answer to uh, the 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 dynamic striking of of. of Korean he wasn't able to stuff the takedown down enough for me. Um, he started um, doing well at sprawling in 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 the later rounds, but I think it was just a little bit um, too little, too late, I suppose. Um, and going into to the fifth, yet again, um, Ige tried to take the fight to to um, Zomba. Land, land some shots try to go for his own takedowns but uh the the takedown defense of, of zombies is up there with the very best of them in this third-weight division um uh, so we end up uh, essentially finishing the fight with a with a Korean zombie with a with a body lock. Uh, happy enough to sit there and 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 kind of just trade punches with uh, Danage, uh, knowing that he's 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 clearly won the fight. A good victory for for uh, Zomba, and that's got to put him uh, next in line for the February towel. You know what? That's you
0: make a you make a very good point with the way you you just chuck that all into words. zombie made Argy look like they were in a different class um, on, on the feet, boxing-wise. And then also on the ground, Argy's supposed to be a black belt. He zombie looked like he was putting Argy through the paces to why he's not ready to be a black belt. Just for the way we were able to just control on the feet, on the ground, wherever he, he really... I know I, I, know I, I, I say it in a few farts, but the zombie was, he could have done whatever he wanted in that fight. And now again, going on to the topic, of, like we said previously, about zombie not living up to the name, the Korean zombie. This part just goes to show why it's good to think with your head and think about your career sometimes, and it is just going, putting on a slugfest, because... He could have put a slugfest all day with Dan Age. Dan is good at that. That's his game. Dan Hager wants you to get into Mm -hmm. a brawl with him. He wants you to get in a dogfight because he's not the most technically sound. He's not the most technically gifted. He's not the best boxer in the world. And he's surely to go in that fight, not the best grappler. But he's got a fucking massive heart and his chin's rock solid. Yeah, and and he proved that in this fight because he took
1: some big shots.
0: Yeah. And he will he will let you text he will let you try and hit him all day if if that means that you can be in the pocket and he can hit you back. Because he loves that part where it's like, I'll see if I can give you more and you see if you can give me more. Whoever, whoever texts the first knee loses, basically. And that's that's Dan Argie's mentality, that's Dan Argy's uh, key cave war. And the Korean zombie used it perfectly against him in the first in the first round. And weirdly when I was watching him, obviously he's moving slow <laughs> his head movement slow. Dan Arge threw that jab, fast, fast jab. And you were hitting him, but Create had so I'm like, Create only a bit slow here. What's he doing? But he's not, he's feeling him out, he's, he's making Dan you think. Yeah, hit mate, you can be in this, but he loves closing that distance down, he loves setting that trap up. But again, what the commentator he said, he loves he loves keeping that lead leg out there. He also loves keeping he also loves keeping his hands down. He also loves getting into the range when he knows that you could at any point hit him, but then he's also whipped on enough to, eat it, get bang. He, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he's, uh, yeah. Korean Zombie was, were able to just outclass um, Dan that on the feet, on the ground, wherever he wanted to, and obviously with. With him having this win and with the way the featherweight division's looking, obviously Alec Volkowski and Ortega. Brian Ortega's gonna be fighting for the belt.
1: And and they're doing uh, that ultimate fire.
0: Well, obviously, I think they might have filmed that already. That's already yeah, filmed but they have they, they haven't
1: the episodes haven't been released. Yeah. Um uh, but but then also bear in mind we had um Max Holloway pull out of the fight with uh, Yaya Rodriguez.
0: Uh, and we- that would be a good fight because if we can remember Yaya Rodriguez with that beautiful backwards elbow to the Korean zombie at, like, what, the last second of mm-hmm. a five-round fight, that could be a massive possibility for him. Would he take that? Again, because he's he, he already spoke about not fighting the, the zombie way, fighting smart, like you said. You think it might be his last run at the age of 35. Could possibly well be his last run at the at the title. If you want to in the UFC, once you get the title, that's just the start of your beginning. When you want to, when you want to get the respect and get the money and stuff like that, you've you've got to defend that belt at least once, or even get in a, in a, in a fight to defend that belt. Other, other than that, you're not just gonna win the belt and then that's it. You're a, you're a millionaire. Not everyone's Conor McGregor, unfortunately. You you need to pick that belt up and then carry on proving. Why are you the best? And Yeah, unfortunately, the, the Korean zombie definitely hasn't got that long. With the way he was fighting, his name's a Korean zombie. Yeah, Everyone knows him. It's not like I have to tell you about his farts. He farts like a fucking animal. So that's going to take years off your life. It's definitely going to take its toll when you're in training, When you after a training camp, a grueling training camp. When you know that you're going into a fight like that, your training camps aren't the same. You you're pushing yourself to the max. You've got sparring partners who, after one round of five minutes, it's not like you're all going to be sparring him again after thirty seconds. No, you're going to be sparring another guy who's fresh as fuck, who's who's coming in, who's ready to take, who's trying to take your chin off, who's ready to smash your ribs in, who's ready to kick you to Kingdom Come, just to get you prepared for the fact that you're going to do it the exact same, but again, harder. So. Yeah, it's not always good to fight. It's exciting. Everyone loves it. It's it, the, no one could lie and say that's not exciting because who lo- loves two guys going in there and trying to take each other's fucking chin other off? He, but he, it, it does take
1: years off your life.
0: Yeah, it, it, it takes a massive toll on you. So yeah, he's going to ask himself: Does he fight these next people in line? Does he anticipate what the fight's going to be like, or does he sort of do the the Leon Edwards? Does he? after that performance, sit back and go, no, I'll tell you what, I'll wait. Whoever wins between the fight, between, obviously, Volkanovski um, and, I'll and Ortega, up. I'll get it. But then, that's where he, the ball's in his court but then somewhat in the UFC's court because then he's got to think of, well, what if Brian wins that in, his, in a spectacular fashion or something, and something else happens to them to have to rematch? Then he sat out waiting for it. Then what happens? But then that's where it all comes up where we get to do more content for you guys.
1: <laughs> and saying that, we'll be back uh next week. Uh UFC back at the Apex and uh, an early one for us. Uh the, the main card starts at nine PM UK time. Uh so uh that that's good for us. We 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 would prefer those. Uh, I love the early ones, yeah.
0: especially me because I can talk.
1: <laughs> but I'm
0: not
1: here. Um, but that uh it's actually a headline about two heavyweight title uh, heavyweight uh, fights, not title fights, uh Tana Borza taking on um someone who I don't understand why he keeps revisiting the heavyweight region, but he's uh taking on Orvin Saint Prior and then uh the the main event. Uh, Alexander Volkov for taking on Cyril Gagne who's uh, still unbeaten in the UFC, still unbeaten in his career, uh, and just um coming off that victory against uh Jasino So uh he'll be Cyril will be certainly looking to position himself as a as a future title contender, but definitely tune in for for that next week. Um, but uh thank you for, for listening. Uh, we always appreciate. Uh, the the listens the feedback and the comments um follow me on twitter at PodfatherMags follow carlos here at kirby underscore carlos and definitely go and check out the rest of the content on our networks at Visionary global media at shooting the sportsish and at the chair shop uh thank you all for listening and that is the end
0: adios amigos